Cowabunga dudes, you're listening to Influenza. Here on the public radio and uh, Turtle Power. (laughs) (laughs) Influenza. You're listening to Influenza. My name is Sean Eaton, and I'm joined, as always, by Alex Aguilar. And uh, as you know, we uh, take uh, pieces of pop culture, we talk about the things that went into them, and the things they would go on to, uh, to influence, and today we're talking about uh, one of my favorite uh, things, actually, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you know our format, you know that we start with a uh, brief history of the topic, then we go into the... Uh, the our experience with it, then the things that, uh, that influenced it, and the things that would go on to influence. Um, the so Teenage Mutant Turtles. I, I was like I said, I'm really excited about talk, to talk about this because it's a very interesting history. I'm actually excited to talk about it because I have little to no knowledge about this. Yeah, like, it, I I grew up not like watching Ninja Turtles as much. Yeah. Um. So I'm you know like I am a listener, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the brief history is, uh, it was created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Um, it's perhaps the most successful indie comic in the history of indie comics, would you say? It's a fair assessment? Um, I would put it up there. Um, successful, yes. Yeah. Like, money-wise, yeah, yeah, I I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the, but one of. Um, it started as a self-published single issue in 1984, uh, about, um, four Ninja Turtles, uh, and exploded into this, like, massive franchise, uh, Mostly thanks to the 1987 TV series and the toys that came with it. And the um, movies. Yeah. Um, and then Turtles have gone to have multiple comic book lines from various publishers, numerous toy lines, a few video games, four animated series, and two live-action film franchises. One of those video games is so fucking good, and yeah. it's Turtles in Time. And, like, these numbers are close to, like, what Marvel does adaptation-wise. Like, if you chose a specific character, there's been, like, four Spider-Mans, like, three Spider-Man, you know, so on and so forth. This is the indie equivalent of uh, Batman. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is weird because they've also crossed over with Batman. Exactly. Uh, which was, I'm trying to. Was that an IDW one? It's IDW. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whenever it's like any crossovers, IDW is in charge because IDW knows how to handle all the all yeah. the rights. Yeah. Strangely, which enough. is probably why they picked up Sonic after almost pretty pretty soon after the Mega Man crossover ended. The second one. Yeah. Cause, yeah. No, they had one more run and then they. Yeah, uh, but they announced it by then. I think. Yeah. Um. Anyway. All right. So you want to talk about your experience with it? Uh. uh mine's pretty long, so you go first. Okay. Uh. None. Um, <laughs> no, never uh, watched it as a kid at all. I, uh, okay. Like so, any of them? as a youngster, I think I walked into like my friends slash neighbors watching the Ninja Turtles movies. And I think it was just also introduced to the arcade machines and everything. It wasn't until the, uh, the Fox block, Fox blocks run in like the early two thousands that I, I finally it, got yeah, into it. That was the time when it transferred between Fox box and four kids. But yeah. Yeah. So it was then that I was like, Oh, okay. This is what. This is what this whole fuss is about. Because I remember just seeing toys. I remember seeing the video games. But it was it wasn't a thing that really like captivated me. Yeah, I was like, I don't like these green monster things. Give me my sharks instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just I don't know. Like it didn't capture me as a kid. But then as I grew up, I understood like the the lore behind it being uh, it was a parody of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just. I it, it it was never a thing that I really got into like everyone else. I still like 
to this day, I have little to no knowledge of it, which, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I do think Raphael is still so cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it um, I, I have uh, kind of a strange history, but a long one for sure. It, it um, when I was a little kid, I think I just kind of knew the same it, as it being kind of like part of our um, pop culture, like general knowledge that kind of everybody knew a little bit about them. And I don't think I ever actually watched a series um, until the Fox series came on, and even then it was little bits. And then I remember seeing uh, little bits of the uh, the sequel movie to the live action movies on tv at some point yeah yeah and then um at one point because i was a lonely kid in middle school i signed up for a movie club which was just watching movies in some teacher's room during lunch and that was one of the movies that went on and i didn't make any friends but i saw (laughs) you mean four giant turtle friends it's fine yes they're very close to my heart no because i remember also watching uh i was not a lonely middle school kid i i was very popular um oh well fuck you uh no i remember my family had hbo and after I was done watching all the softcore porn that they had on HBO, <laughs> I ended up watching a lot of Ninja Turtles because yeah. I think they aired all four of the or all three of them, the mm-hmm. original movies, yeah, um, back to back to back. And I remember watching, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is cool." Like, I it's super campy. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I was at that age where I was like, "Films my life," and then I realized this is trash. But I still kept on watching them, you know. Um, yeah. So after that, um, not much going on. I, you know, I probably caught reruns of the original original at some point, and then I the uh, the uh, Nickelodeon, the first Nickelodeon series came out. Uh, Ninja Turtles twenty twelve, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles twenty twelve. Yeah. It doesn't have any different title than the other ones. Isn't it just TMNT or is that just the movie? I uh, know that's one the, CGI movie. Yeah, the one CGI movie. Um, yeah, and uh, that series is fantastic. It, it basically is a complete. And total, like, amalgam of every idea of the Ninja Turtles all in one. Yeah, I mean... Because, you know, we've got the campiness of the original series. We've got the dark, you know, um, Japanese uh, folklore elements within it. And then there's, you know, like, the dark kind of New York Daredevil stuff going on. Two questions. Well, one comment, one question. Um, One comment. I remember... I watched a little bit of it. Mm. I never really got into it. And my question is, was Yusagi Yojimbo anywhere, any, like, yes, involved they had in a this? Little, they had a little crossover. Um, it was in the final season, which was called Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because, uh, I, I, like, the bad guy had been defeated by season, f- like, I think five out of six. Wait, was it Shredder, or? Uh, or yeah, it? It, it was a couple different bad guys. Okay, gotcha. I, I forget it. I, don't, I never rewatched it. I only watched it as it came out. But um, they 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 defeated the villain, and then like they just had these like one more season to tell just a bunch of like random off tales, you know the the um, anthology type series, um, and they did this one where they were teleported into a world that you, uh, Usagi Ojimbo belongs to. Mm, right. Um, he wasn't in their world, um, and uh, yeah, and that series is great because like it, it's it, it it definitely shifts tone like at breakneck speeds but i think that's what i like about it yeah because it can be goofy to fun silly sci-fi to dark ninja aesthetic yeah um and they really use that 3d camera because the the cg it leaves a lot to be desired but they do a lot of great stuff like right. the, the the movement of it they know yeah. how to use that choreography um and then uh that's who's included and I saw the I saw the Michael Bay produced film, which is actually not terrible. I it's a watched, lot of turn off your brain fun. You yeah, know? it's like and I mean, surprisingly passes never, the Bechdel test, which that's, that's still my favorite thing. That's an essay all on its own. Um, but one of my things after that, though, um, having watched 
both of them. I think I watched part of the the mm-hmm. first Michael Bay one. Um, but that being said, I uh, that Jonah Vasquez one yeah. that we saw at Comic Con, and then I years think ago. that was what people made people ready for a new two D one, which is Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which and is then also fantastic. Got, and then as a side note, got Jonah Vasquez talking to Nickelodeon again about Invader Zim. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So two um, birds, one stone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, check out Rise of uh, the TMNT because that's that. Okay, let me tell you how good this series is because it made me, it made um, Donatello my favorite, which is, that is hard to do. And I know a couple years ago in the comic book run, he died. Yeah, the, the and I, oh yeah, I've read two volumes of the IDW stuff where it turned, you want to, this is great, uh, The in that version, the turtles are reincarnated versions of a Japanese family in like feudal Japan that the Shredder killed. Oh my god. Yeah. I know, that's right? That's great. Yeah, or the Shredder's clan killed or something like that. Anyway, uh, so that covers uh, that covers our experience with it. You want to start with the influences? Sure. Um, so the original inf- the original drawings that Laird and Eastman drew served as the first inspiration to make a comic with strange premise. Yeah, these um, these little drawings uh, started like just if you've seen them online, we'll put them up somewhere, uh, maybe on our Twitter of just um, Eastman and Laird's like like actual tortoise looking tortoises with ninja yeah. turtle uh, ninja stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, while working on the previous comment, comic Fugitoid, Eastman drew a picture of a turtle using nunchucks and wearing a ninja mask. Laird launched uh, and drew his own, leading Eastman. Oh. Laird laughed and drew his own, leading Eastman to draw four of them with different weapons. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they were all because of the first issue, they were all red. So basically, we're yeah, all but Raphaels. Th- this is just their like their concept sketches where they're just drawn as like actual tortoises. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the weapons were different. Yeah. But, yeah. So Eastman inked his inked this and added Teenage Mutant to the Ninja Turtle that was that already was written like, yeah. amongst the drawings. Yeah. Um, they laughed at the sheer ridiculousness of the concept, almost pissing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the drawings had them thinking that an offbeat idea like uh, the Ninja Turtles could work. Um, as they developed the concept, the comic became an amalgam uh, and parody of four of the most popular comics of the time, which served as Larry Eastman's biggest influences for the story. Uh, the works of Frank Miller, specifically his Daredevil run of the time, and his original comic Ronin, um, uh, were sort of like the main influences. Like that's I think the, the main, chunk. It, I know the main influence is always It's a comic Daredevil. made by Frank Miller fans, like yeah. 100%. So yeah, yeah, yeah. starting with Daredevil, we have, <clears throat> this is where the teenage, uh, where the ninja part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Turtles come from. Um, because at the time of uh, Team NT's inception, Frank Miller was writing Daredevil, and uh, he premiered The Hand, a secret ancient uh, ninja organization bent on ruling the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this provided Eastman and Led with three major points of inspiration. Ninjas. Um, the da- Daredevil was fighting ninjas left and right, and it was cool as heck. Um, Larry and Eastman made the character uh, characters ninjas as a means of uh, capturing, capturing that kind of like cool ninja energy. Um, there was The Hand. Uh, the hand uh, would be parodied in uh, Ninja Turtles as the Foot Clan, um, uh, the ninja gang run, gang run by the Shredder. And there was a Stick, because um, Frank Miller created this character called Stick, which um, retconned into Daredevil's history as his teacher, um, teaching him how to you know right, move around right. using yeah. his radar sense and stuff like that. Um, and this inspired uh, the Turtles' uh, teacher slash surrogate father, Splinter. The giant mutant uh, rat. Yeah, uh, Stick, Splinter, yeah. Obviously. Oh um, my god. Yeah, did you ever notice that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and additionally, there is a Daredevil Easter egg in the Which first issue. Which is one issue. of my favorite things ever, because yeah. this is how it all, like, it's all in the same universe at the end of the day, right? Sort of. It doesn't actually, but yeah. So so the the canister of ooze or mutagen or whatever, that hit, or radioactive isotopes that hits um, the turtles and mutates them into, into mutant turtles, mm-hmm. 
um, hits a kid in the eyes first, and that's supposed to be Daredevil. Yeah. Or uh, Matt Burnock, that is. All right, and uh, now we're going to talk about Ronan, because uh, this Frank Miller book provided further inspiration for Lerd and Eastman. Lerd and Eastman. Uh, Ronan perhaps furthered the ideas of ninjas, martial arts, and Japanese culture that began with ninjas and the hand of Daredevil. Uh, but more importantly, Ronan was much more of a Frank Miller book than Daredevil, basically encapsulating this his whole shtick with the overly gritty and dark narration and cinematic sto- comic storytelling. Yeah, that's a big influence for uh, Samurai Jack as well. Like, because I don't know if you know the plot of Ronan, but basically, it's like the reincarnation um, of uh, of uh, an ancient Ronan mm-hmm. um, is out for revenge against like the. It's like the oh, you know what it is? so. It's two reincarnations. It's the reincarnation of this demon that the Ronin was constantly fighting um, into a computer program of the feature that runs the, the futuristic center of the city. And then it's the Ronin being reincarnated in a guy who is like telekinetic and infused his body with robotic parts. Weird. Yeah, it's it's super out there, but it's such a Frank Miller book, and it's really interesting. I, um, I have it if you want to borrow it. Cool. Um Carry on, though. Uh, Laird and Eastman were huge Frank Miller fans, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And the writing style of Ronan can be seen in the original TMNT comics. Everything about TMNT reads like a Frank Miller fan wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's, it's, like you mentioned. Yeah, it's a lot of that, like, <laughs> it's a lot of, like, that energy of, like, the narration being, like, blood-soaked steel in the dark rain. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, it just doesn't feel like it's supposed to be taken seriously because it's... Yeah, because it's a bunch of turtles. Tur- four turtles. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. So, like, I think there's actual narration that's just like um he's good i'm better like, <laughs> that, kind of, like that kind of shit it's basically the uh a completely different topic it's the lego batman equivalent it's the lego equivalent of how they did batman exactly how, okay yeah it's like look how dark it is wink wink um yeah so and then uh there's also marvel's new mutants uh a wildly successful successful x-men spinoff that was um that started at the time uh, a little bit before teenage mutant ninja turtles did uh, start younger group of mutants after you know the core X Men team and some others that start you know get a little bit older. They're the they're the core X Men team. Um, this is where teenagers and mutants come from um, for uh, Team NT, right? Because uh, following teenage mutants, you know, right? Uh, and then we have uh, Dave Sims uh, Cerberus, which is a comic about an anthropomorphic aardvark that perhaps inspired the initial idea of an animal talking. Uh, taking up a role that a human would normally take, much like Cerberus, in the original turtle as a ninja drawing, which had the original turtle as a ninja drawing. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Cerberus was like a pope and like a bunch of other jobs that, you know, Adonardvark doesn't have. <laughs> so, and then we have um, some other inspirations that include the Renaissance artists. Everything Everyone knows that the turtles were named after famous artists, and it was Peter Laird's copy of Jansen's History of Art that spawned this. As the creator's... Uh, chose their favorite Renaissance artist from it, Leonardo Di- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Eventually, <laughs> Leonardo eventually Leonardo da Vinci, Michael Leonardo da Vinci, Michael Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael. Yeah, uh, all shortened to nicknames that are used more often than the full names of most of the animated series versions. Leo, Mikey, Donnie, and Raph. Yeah, it's literally just like they had these four turtles and then they look over the side and they see like a copy of like. And of it's course, there's the, the fifth turtle, Picasso. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Um, Who used the gun to get open Picasso? This is my favorite one. Uh, a cheese grater served as influence for the shredder. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so it, it, it um, influenced, inspired his appearance, his name, and his weapons. Uh, it was literally just like a cheese grater. They were like washing dishes and they were just like, hey. <laughs> this would be really cool. This would be cool. Look at I'm a shredder. Um, and yeah, it's something that Eastman thought would be like 
really like like could be a weapon in the wrong hands and, and that's kind of like a neat way to approach it. that's definitely like a writer's brain seeing right. something like that and, and thinking of it as a weapon um and eastman proposed the idea of a greater greater like weapons on the character's arms and you can kind of see that because it's like it's not just blades coming forward yeah it's like these kind of blades going back that looks like if you run something yeah, across yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like to think that uh, the initial idea was just a, uh, an anthropomorphic grater or cheese grater just attacking <laughs> them because somehow they think, oh, turtles fear cheese graters. So <laughs> it's like how Spider-Man's natural uh, enemy is the newspaper, but he works for one. <laughs> and Batman and bats hate jokes, apparently. <laughs> so... <laughs> And aliens hate bald men, too. <laughs> Should we keep going? <laughs> Why is that so funny? Oh, my God. All right. So the idea of the ninjas that the TMNT were based on comes both from the, the hand in Daredevil and from the uh, mis- misconstructed yeah. misconstrued concept of ninjas according to john mann author of ninja a thousand years of the shadow warrior this idea of the ninjas come from the um comes from the ninja concept parody by burt kwok in the pink panther films the idea of a ninja as a man in black who uses stealth to steal and kill and is a martial arts expert taught in ways passed down generations it's all pretty much untrue but it's what pop culture knows them as and it's what went into daredevil and eventually tmnt which i know there's a lot of people who know their ninjas from the ninja turtles yeah, yeah. well e- even beyond that like the, the concept of ninjas you know just like the dude with the mask over his mouth and you know uh, uh, on his uh, forehead and stuff like that and just the eyes exposed and you know i learned all my ninja moves from kung pao i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and he's in all black you know <laughs> naruto might have changed the general idea of what a ninja is but still like the right. idea of ninja is like the stealthy guy uh, just just the martial artist assassin type yeah. but like really like they didn't actually I, I know one thing i learned that was really interesting um to go off on a bit of a tangent here is that ninjas like the the shinobi of like actual japanese history were like didn't ever actually wear any of those like all like black night suits and if they no. did wear like an, a full body suit it'd be blue cause yeah to me that seems side. more like a bounty hunter type of deal yeah but the biggest thing was yeah they, they, they were like part of like shogun lords like um mercenary crew right um but yeah the, the main thing they would do is dress in like regular civilian clothing and then just like assassinate people in disguises again, again yeah. like a bounty hunter type yeah, deal. yeah you know. so anyway um that covers uh most of the main influences honestly it's mostly just frank miller um yeah. comics and uh new mutants and yeah. then cerberus a little bit um yeah so that about covers um what it was influenced by um now let's get into uh what it ended up influencing and the biggest one is knockoffs like any kid of the 80s um and 90s 90s knew that like there was ninja turtles and then all of a sudden there was all these other ones that were very similar you know a group of talking you know action hero type animals it's a scooby-doo effect yeah exactly um so the biggest effect that except hannah Barbera had parodied themselves but (laughs) yeah i think that was the only thing they were parodying themselves um the the biggest effect that ninja turtles had on pop culture came from the original animated series uh a smash hit that resulted in a ton of copycats trying to cash in on the on tmnt mania uh leading to a a slew of saturday morning cartoons with uh with a bizarre premise usually with an animal in there um all coming out in the 80s and 90s all of these knockoffs involved anthropomorphic animals and had uh, multiple objectives added to the animal featured to make the show's title. Um, some of the better known and somewhat uh, un- and somewhat successful knockoffs were uh, Samurai Pizza Cats in 1990, um, which was uh, from Saban Entertainment, uh, an American adaptation and dubbing and kind of recutting of the anime. Uh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Oh, you know, I'm just gonna read the title: uh, Cat Ninja Ninja Cat Ninja Legend uh, Teandi, whatever. Um, 
Saban acquired and adapted this to cash in on the TMNT popularity, uh, changing a lot about it to fix fit aspects of TMNT, like making the characters obsessed with pizza, uh, which was you know not like original. Right, it was not in the in the original at all. Uh, and then strangely enough, the cats were changed from ninja to samurai, so as not to make Saban's attempt to copy TMNT so apparent. Yeah, I mean, it's... Saban has a weird history that I almost want to do a bonus episode on. I mean, I know very little about Saban. Like, uh, it, it, they basically brought everything to from Japan to America, but never kept anything intact. So they're four kids, basically, essentially. Yeah. But they had a, like a deal with four kids, I think. Oh, Anywho, that makes um, sense. Uh, then we have Battle Toads from 1991, created by uh, Tim and Chris Stamper from Rare, um, a company that half an hour ago you walked on me playing Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's a video game series created as a deliberate attempt to compete with TMNT, had five game installments in a cartoon pilot that came out in 92, and the uh, pilot was produced by Deke. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and that one is the one in, in my entire research that was, like, explicitly stated by the creators to make something like TMNT. Yeah. Um, then there was the Toxic Crusaders, um, and this was actually an, an adaptation of Troma's The Toxic Avenger. Oh, Toxic Avengers. Yeah. Um, side note, to- like... Growing up on trashy films, Toxic Avenger was like, holy shit, was good. <laughs> um, so it was uh, adapted from that, um, it, which actually predated TMNT, but Troma wanted to cash in on the bizarre Saturday morning you know, action cartoon market, so they adapted it into a kid-friendly series starring a few other mutant creatures. Yeah. You know, it, that reads exactly like a TMNT, you know. Exactly, no, yeah. Um, then we had the Biker, Mi- the Biker Mice from Mars in 1993, created by Rick Ungar, followed three anthropomorphic mice who escaped a war on Mars, coming to Earth to defend it from evil, and it got a 2006 UK reboot, which is the one I remember. I don't yeah. remember oh. this new one, but I, I've also been, like, I, I think it was um, Pan Pizza who said this was, like, a sequel? Yeah. Slash reboot? It was, like, a, mm. it was a weird soft reboot. Squeeboot. Squeeboot. <laughs> don't call it that. That's a... <laughs> don't call it Squeeboot. <laughs> You're fired. Um, then there was SWAT Cats, the Radical Squadron. Oh, fuck, I love SWAT um, Cats. In 1993, um, created by uh, Kristen and Yvonne Tremblay. Um, it was produced by Hanna-Barbera. Um, and, uh, Those it were was the last uh, things they aired the before last Cartoon Network. Yeah. Um, it was uh, vigilante cat pilots, uh, fight villains, and a militarized police force. Um, attempts have been made to revive the series as it was one of those popular series that came out of TMNT's popularity, and, and it's also like veered most from like the knockoff territory. Yeah, yeah, because I I never like it makes sense that it's a knockoff, but I don't see it as a knockoff. That it was definitely one of those ones that was just like yeah, they probably got picked up because of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because um, um, I'm sure somebody had the idea beforehand, but just like it would not have gotten made if that wasn't so popular. Yeah, and I know again talking about Pan Pizza, he's interviewed both uh, both Tremblays. And uh, about the Street Sharks, or Street Sharks, SWAT Cat reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sorry, I just tremble over, uh, stumble over Street Sharks because we're going to talk about it next because I love the Street Sharks. Jossum. <laughs> um, did you ever see the video of uh, fucking Vin Diesel like doing ads for um, Street Sharks? What, what, as like a teenager? No, like in like an early acting role of Vin Diesel was just like him playing with Street Sharks and like, look at this Street Shark right here. And he like... Like Jawsome and all that. Like as a grown adult, early twenties. <laughs> like it's before he started racing car. Yeah. Like before he started racing street cars. Before he started riding or dying. <laughs> hey, we're a family, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, 
But yeah, The Street Sharks, 1994, created by Robert Askin and uh, Phil Harnage, produced by Deke Entertainment, following four brothers who were turned into human-slash-shark hybrids. All of them had cool dude personalities, reminiscent of the surfer dude vernacular and behavior applied to the TMNT, where they were turned into an, uh, an animated series and resulted in the spin-off Extreme Dinosaurs in 97, which I also remember, mm-hmm. and then, which that was created by uh, Louis Gassin, um... The Dino, the Dino Avengers were a military unit from a planet of anthropomorphic dinosaurs. Later, changed to the Extreme Dinosaurs and had some backstory added to their spinoff series. Yeah, my favorite memory of uh, Street Sharks was going to Ralph's with my mom, with my mom, and then just seeing like a nice little like stand-in where they had all the Street Sharks, and I would like pick them up, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is that too one big for my was the head. one that hit the '90s kids, I think, but like instead of the. Um instead of the 80s kids and it's, i'd say it's one of probably the most well known of the knockoffs of tmnt yeah. um but oh my god do not i do not recommend like because i was doing some research i'm like what did the scene look like where they first transformed the street jerks like don't watch it don't fucking watch it's disturbing it like how does it not give children nightmares my we're god gonna, let's pause right now and i need to watch it right now <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Uh, that was a really beautiful scene. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and then there was uh, Road Rovers in 1996. Um, by the way, half of this shit is on Verve now, which is crazy. Um, uh, do you want to talk about Verve, our sponsor, apparently? I wish they'd sponsor us. Um, <laughs> is that Verve money? Yeah, so Road Rovers uh, is created by Tom Rugger, uh, Ruger and uh, Mark uh, Seidenberg. Uh, it's produced by Warner Brothers Animation and followed five super-powered crime-fighting Kano Sapiens, which is yeah <laughs> and then we have the mighty ducks in 96 which is created by marty eisenberg robert ensker and david wise uh produced by disney a tv series that was based on the films of the same name and executives changed the premise to be about alien ducks because talking animal sla- action slash superhero shows did better with kids uh than things yeah, TMNT, it, it, which is fascinating because these last two shows you know warner brothers disney mm-hmm. they hopped on like yeah Big Those are usually the trendsetters. Yeah. 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 And, and also about Mighty Ducks, you know, it could be attributed to just they do a lot of duck shows. Yeah. DuckTales. Duck, um, DuckTales and Darkwing Duck. And there was, was there one more? Um, I don't. Anyway. Um, yeah. And like the, you could probably attribute it to that. But also, again, at the same time, it's just like what, when like uh, talking animal action superhero, specifically the action superhero stuff is probably yeah. where they got it from. Anyway. Um, and then there's a long list, like there's a long list of ones, and then um, a lot of them aren't as well known, so we're going to uh, run down this list pretty quick. All right, so some of these lesser known knockoffs include uh, Wild West, uh, Cowboys of Mumesa, C-O-W, which stood for something, created by Ryan Brown, a comic artist who inked the Team NT comics in 1985, funny enough. Then we um, have uh, Avenger Penguins in 93, created by Brian Cosgrove and Mark Hall. Uh, Stone Protectors in 1993, a belated attempt to cash in on the troll doll k- craze by um, the marketing team. Uh, I remember that. To, and they were trying to market them towards boys in like extreme adventure story yeah, yeah. model similar to TMNT. Uh, then we have Creepy Crawlers in 94 from Saban Entertainment based on the activity toy of the same name. Not quite a clone of TMNT, but had some similar mutant superhero elements. Yeah. Um, and then comics are a big, um, uh, have a lot of influence from TMNT. Because not every knockoff was an animated series, um, and the comics world had plenty of ripoffs. Um, most coming out in 1986, and some being actual like straight up parodies, not just like, Oh, no, we didn't copy this. It was like, yeah, we copied this on purpose as a joke. Yeah. Um, this is another long list. We're just going to alternate. Um, the list of comic book knockoffs include um, 
Mildly microwaved prepubescent kung fu gophers created by uh, George uh, Macas, uh, Jim Molina, and Jill Thompson, and Phil uh, Phil uh, Foglio. <laughs> Geriatric gangrene jujitsu gerbils created by Tony Basilicato. Uh, cold-blooded chameleon commandos created by Michael Kelly and William uh, Clausen. Adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters created by Don Chin and Patrick Parsons. Not a ripoff, meant to be a parody. Uh, naive interdimensional commando koalas created by Sean Deming and Dan Green designed to be uh, a one-shot spin-off of adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters. Preteen dirty jink uh, kung fu kangaroos created by Lee Mars. That is my favorite favorite like alternation of mutants is dirty gene um there were cyborgs created by ken and kirk smith and in 2009 he got a cga cartoon despite failing as a comic book and i think that failed as well and the uh, adult thermonuclear samurai pachyderms created by tom defalco adam blostein john d'agostino and roger stern yeah. what the fuck yeah yeah none of those are made up absolutely none of those are made up i will if you want proof, I will send you every link I use to find these. It is I, ridiculous. I really want you to run through all of them and just me have a Scott Pilgrim moment. Like, you made some of those up, right? No. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then in the, uh, in the 2000s, two team... I <laughs> I've got you all hot and bothered. What the fuck? Wait, Alex. Do you have the vapors? Uh, this flower is a wilting... <laughs> Um, uh, so in 2000, in the 2000s, um, two TMNT inspired shows came out as well. There was a uh, super robot monkey team, Hyperforce Go, which I remember loving. Um, I was fine with it. Yeah. yeah uh, no direct influences were, uh, stated by the creators. Like no direct influence was stated by the creators, but it checks all the boxes of TMNT inspired series. Talking animals, uh, multiple adjectives in the title. Japanese inspired, um, inspired by Voltron, Gatchman, and like other Japanese superhero style stuff. Uh, each team member had their own weapon and an off-the-walls parody that does its own things. And also, Bruce Campbell was on this. Oh. Oh! He played, yeah. like, like an old superhero. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Captain Shugazoom or something like that. Um, and then the creator, Ciro Neely, also ended up serving as executive producer for the 2012 uh, TMNT animated series, which is a cool connection. And then we have the Kung Fu Dino Posse from 2010, which is terrible sorry to say that out loud oh. anyone who's a fan of kung fu dino posse no no <laughs> don't don't yeah. don't be uh it's attempted to do the tmnt formula 20 years too late checking the same boxes as the other ripoffs but coming off much much later yeah, it was just like too way way too late in the game yeah. um and then uh the last thing on our list um this is kind of a strange fact so there's one final uh effect that the tmnt had um not necessarily on pop culture but on the world as a whole um, parents were buying turtles for their kids as a result of the popularity um, of the franchise. Uh, specifically, after each live-action movie came out, um, these turtles were later flushed on the toilet, most likely because they were because their kids wanted them wanted their pets to be like Ninja Turtles and in the sewer. They all died. Yeah. Um, additionally, there was a rise in Salmonella since turtles carry the disease, and young children who got them as pets did not have the immunity strength to fight it. So, um, fun fact about this: my. Uh... My, I had a friend before he like got heavily into drugs. He uh, <laughs> That's a great preface. <laughs> um, he his dad got him a like a nice turtle, like mm -hmm. a nice big turtle because he loved the Ninja Turtle so much. Mm. Um, this stopped taking care of the turtle because like he wasn't learning ninja moves apparently. So uh, and also drugs started being introduced. You had to get him a rat too. Uh, but and, see, that, <laughs> and a cheese grater to have an, a mortal enemy. Um, but one day after school. Uh, like he went to his house, didn't find a turtle, 
Uh, and then they later found out that what was for dinner that day was uh, turtle soup. Oh my god. Oh, You told me about this. I yep. Think. Was it the same family with the pig? No, no, that's my other friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, that um, pig is Lola. <laughs> Lola. Okay, and uh, these incidents in turn influence animal and turtle rescue organizations to... God damn it. <laughs> Read <laughs> ahead, man. <laughs> No, I'm even even you. reading this, like not reading this, I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? All right. So these incidents in turn influence animal and turtle rescue organizations to issue a warning to parents prior to the release of the 2014 DMNT movie, which I remember, which I do remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the open letter urged uh, parents not to buy turtles for their children, as it had been disastrous for both child and turtles in the past. That's like. That, that might be the first time on this podcast that we've had, like, a real-world, like, effect of this shit. Oh, like, man, I can't wait till we do a Pokemon episode. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and if we ever do a Pokemon episode. Well, we, uh, well, we're planning to do, like, a Tamagotchi Pokemon Part 1 and 2 situation, because I thought they were connected at first, but they're not, but that still works as a good, like, hand-in-hand yeah. kind of, uh, and I was going to call, like, our Japanese, Tiny Japanese Monsters series. We're going to start with Pokemon or like... Probably this. start with Tamagotchi because it came first. And then end with Yokai yeah. Watch. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So um, that is an interesting thing. Um, so, uh, but to leave on a lighter note, um, so as not to like be such a downer about, you know, dead turtles and Salmonella. Uh, <laughs> Salmonella. It, it, uh, I know you don't have that much experience with TMNT, but is there like any one thing that you really like about I it mean, really resonate? I think we like, I already talked about it early in the beginning, uh, that Jonah Vasquez... Um, Mm, that short he that did. short that he did for comic-con which is i found out later was uh three of the four voice actors are the guys from workaholics yeah and then the other guy's just a famous voice actor yeah um but it's like it, it just that added like it just all four of them resonate so well off one i another. just remember the uh the beauty contest part of that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh I guess my favorites are, like I said, the 2012 TMNT series, which I definitely would want to rewatch at some point just because it's just like, it's so, it knows how to balance every single like piece of the Ninja Turtles pastiche that we built over the years in pop culture. Yeah. Um, and then Rise of the TMNT just like in episode one, immediately my favorite series, immediately one of my favorite versions of the Turtles and hmm. immediately made Donnie my favorite. I'll give it a watch. Donnie is voiced by, um, do you watch Silicon Valley? I know about the character about who plays Big Head, or the actor that plays Big Head. Oh no, no, you, you he's don't me there. Donnie. Um, and uh, do you watch the new Ducktales reboot? I watched a few episodes of it. Uh, have you seen the one with the dude who's supposed to be like a Mark Zuckerberg uh, type uh, mm, character? No. Okay. Well, th- they're both voiced by the same character, and he just makes Donnie really smug and smart instead yeah. of just like the smarty. Who who voiced him in the last one? Um, it was Rob Paulson. Who right, originally okay. did um, Raph in the uh, in the very original? Because I remember that voice cast was like super interesting. Oh yeah, okay. So that's actually what I love about the. Um, uh, even though he left later on, uh, Jason Biggs was really great as Leonardo. But like, he got replaced by what's his face? Uh, Seth Green. Seth Green, yeah. Uh, somebody did his like uh, his like scheduling conflict voice over every now and then. Kind of copied his voice, but then they just replaced him with Seth Green. Um, and then it was. Um, the actor for uh, the Samwise Green. was the Raph. Greenies. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Oh, I forgot. I'm um, sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, Sean Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Yeah. Uh, he was he was Raph, and he's really good as Raph. And um, the guy who voiced uh, Beast Boy and Teen yeah, Titans. Yeah, Craig Sipes was was Michelangelo, and then Rob Paulson, like I said, was Donatello. And then they all have 
I think I, I, as much as I love, actually, it's it's kind of a harsh, a hard tie right now because um, when they first released the TMNT uh, designs for the CGI series, they had these really great designs because not only are they like different sizes, which is already great, you know. Um, uh, Raph has like, like a crack, the, in, the his crack shell, in his shell, yeah. uh, different head shapes and stuff like that, and really subtle things to like the, like a gap in a tooth yeah, for that was Donnie. Donnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so stuff like that, and then Freckles on Michelangelo. And yeah. I really like that stuff. But then t- uh, Rise of the TMNT took everything farther, and just like they're all very personality heavy, and they're different types of turtles, which I really like. Um, oh. Like Donnie is a soft shell turtle, so he has like a mechanical shell he built for himself mm. to harden it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got like uh, a staff that's all techno, technoized, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that I like, I do love, and I talked about it again earlier in the episode was uh, the video games. Mm-hmm. Um, Turtles in Time is so fucking good as a beat 'em up. Oh, for sure. Like the video games have their own, like could be their own episode. Yeah, you know? because uh, like as much as we talk about like the best, like the most influential beat 'em up in my opinion is still like uh, Final Fight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because you you keep going and it like influenced Golden Axe and whatnot. But then you have you know, Turtles, like, the TMNT games, which influenced a slew of other, like, beat-em-up games, like, you know, like, the Simpsons mm-hmm. one that you see at every, like, pizza arcade, which I, like, I go to my local, well, not local anymore, uh, this place they used to go to, Toppers. Oh, yeah. And they have a TMNT next to a Crazy Taxi and a Simpsons. And I would always play, like, the Simpsons, and, like, even though the, the joysticks were fucked, I would always yeah. play it. And then um, that also influenced, you know other beat-em-ups like my favorite one to yeah. this day is still the scott pilgrim one that's honestly you probably should have added that in there about the video games i didn't even think about that i mean it's yeah. it, it's without knowing like it influenced because it was one yeah. of those games alongside like ducktales and the simpsons video mm-hmm. game to like actually take licensed video games to, to like, another level, to another level. Yeah. and also as a fun fact um uh killer instinct i want to talk about this real quickly killer instinct was a a knockoff of mortal kombat mm-hmm. okay so what does uh, this have to do with Ninja Turtles? Yeah, let me get there. So, Killer Instinct uh, was created by Rare. They brought on um, the, uh, the Battletoads as characters. Right. Around that time, the, the company that does Mortal Kombat was owned by Warner Brothers. They did Injustice. Mm-hmm. In the second Injustice game, oh, yeah. they, uh, they brought the Ninja Turtles as playable yeah. characters. So, it's funny to see, like, it, the Injustice game, to an extent, is a ripoff of of the, like this, this crossover. Mortal Kombat. Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah. And... Killer Instinct was a ripoff of like Mortal Kombat. Like it, it just it's a ripoff of ripoff of ripoff, and it just it. I find it fascinating that now you can play in both games as, you know, the knockoffs. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. And then what else? Uh, oh, I try. I thought about getting that Ninja Turtles game, and then I heard the terrible reviews. I'm like, cancel my order. <laughs> I think I told you that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we were gonna go see uh, Maria Bamford. Yeah, yeah. And my friend and I like we drove in and we we're like, oh, we just read reviews of uh, the TMNT game. Guess what? You're not. Sh- you shouldn't get. Ah. Uh, yeah, I remember now. And then you canceled your pre-order there. <laughs> I did. Um. But yeah. So uh, you know, th- th- it's been a lot of ups and downs, obviously. But like, it's such a great idea that like just like it's so great that it took off to where it is now yeah um and oh and the idw books are great like i said i really love the weird choice of them being reincarnated like wronged family yeah members. yeah yeah and also like the the whole like batman crossovers that they had mm-hmm. like it's it, why but also yes yeah. that that is that is a great way to sum it all up it's like the power of ninja turtles is that they have um, been able to cross over with some of the biggest names in comics because and, of just and all starting with just like two people trying to make each other laugh with silly drawings yeah. of tortoises 
like full on tortoises with, with mascot, which you can actually get a statue of that by the way. I've the seen original, yeah. from Mondo, like I've seen those, and I like. Yeah. I've been meaning to get it. And also, one thing we forgot to mention: my favorite Ninja Turtle thing ever. When you go, when it's a hot day in the summer, and you go to to your local ice cream uh, vendor. Oh fuck yeah! The Ninja Turtles pops. Those yeah. are. Mm. Um, they're my favorite yeah the popsicles uh, chelsea has a has a sticker of it on her um <laughs> oh that's great um, no like i remember uh, sonic my... ones are superior though <clears throat> no they don't taste like chili though <laughs> so but, <laughs> no my favorite sonic episode though i remember like uh i was at fyf uh with my friend robert years ago and then we're like the the, the heat was like beating on us we're like oh we need something to go like to get us going and both of us like saw a porn actress and she was like running like they got ninja turtles ice cream over there and we just like ran because <laughs> we <laughs> and luckily enough the, uh, strangely enough hold on best thing what is the porn actress relevant her name or stage name is april o'neill oh my god oh my god <laughs> isn't right. that great all right it's um, influenced even the porn industry <laughs> Um, yeah, that, uh, that about sums it up. Um, Does it? Cause I can keep going on yeah. with the porn industry. <laughs> this is a nice short, this was a nice short episode because like it, the, the influences are very there and it's mostly just about the knockoffs that were made. Yeah. Um, it, it was cool to do a nice short episode, uh, versus like the hour long ones we've been doing. Um, this is almost an hour by the way. No, not when we cut some stuff. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Don't tell people. Two inside baseball. <laughs> Two inside hockey. Mighty ducks. All right. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram, uh, sorry, on Twitter. Uh, it's at influence pod. Um, and you know, tweet at us, let us know if we miss anything, teach us stuff we want to learn. Um, and, uh, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean at your son. That's S E A N number eight. You are son. And follow me on Instagram. Uh, I recently posted three pictures in a row. Uh, it's, uh, uh, underscore trailer, underscore Swift, underscore. And, uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter and um, with at Lex Guilar without the first A in Alex and without the first A in uh, Aguilar. Uh, nothing to show there, but mostly Instagram. Yeah, uh, mostly you just retweet and like pop related to stuff. I do. I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to win um, so yeah. hard. Um, and also review us, um, give us five stars, uh, write a review and stuff like, like that. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, um, uh, it really helps with visibility. Uh, your friend Evan wrote us a good review, um, uh, so thanks for that. Yeah. Shout out to my baby boy, Evan. Yeah, we're going to have to get him a shirt that says friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> it's just a giant, it's a picture of a of two, of two beans in a pod. <laughs> All two right. peas in a pod. Um, thanks for listening again. Two beans in a pod. <laughs> I like that better. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Like we said, review us, follow us, um, let us know uh, if we missed anything. And um, thanks. Thanks.